When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 60 minutes of insight and analysis on the Volunteers and Titans. Powered by the Outkick Network. This is the Tennessee Power Hour with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. The Tennessee Power Hour is back. We are presented by Outkick and served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. With Chad Withrow, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Chad, the Vols get it done. The Titans get it done. We have a lot to preview today. We've got Vols and Bulldogs. We have Titans and Chiefs in prime time. So much joy, Hutton. I don't know what to do with all this joy across the state of Tennessee with the Tennessee Vols and the Titans now at 5-2 and two and first in the AFC South getting ready for a huge primetime game in Kansas City. We have the center of the football world. In the state of Tennessee, the great state of Tennessee, the volunteer state this weekend with Tennessee, Georgia, and with the Titans going to KC. So excited to preview those games and recap what was uh, certainly a fun weekend for Vols fans. It was fun watching Derrick Henry dominate for the Titans, but maybe not the most aesthetically pleasing game of the NFL weekend. So we're going to break down what just happened, and we're going to preview what's to come for both of these teams. I'm excited about this power hour this week, Otten. We're going to start with the Vols, and we will end with the Vols, and we'll give you a preview of number one versus number two, Tennessee and Georgia. And, Chad, as we kick off things with the Tennessee Volunteers, we need to shout out our great friends at Regal Realty Group. That's right. We're thrilled that Regal Realty Group is on board with the Tennessee Power Hour. They're good friends of mine. Hunter Briley, Richard Van Clive, these guys, they get the job done. I've known them for a long time, and their team of agents at Regal Realty Group, they're good people. They want to work with good people. It's very simple what they want to do and their mission at Regal Realty Group. If you're looking to buy or sell your house, Regal Realty Group will help you from contract to closing and everything in between. Let them do the heavy lifting and make it easy on you. They're going to do the work, and you're going to be able to sit back and enjoy the process. Hit them up over at RegalRG.com. Again, the website, RegalRG.com. Tennessee boat races Kentucky this past weekend, and it sets up a massive game in Athens. But let's recap Tennessee and Kentucky by first saying, what a great job by the defense. That was the storyline. Tim Banks' defense in this game really stepped up. They finished the night with four sacks, eight uh, tackles for loss, and they held Kentucky to only 205 yards of total offense. That's difficult to do in today's college football against any legitimate opponent. And Kentucky's a legitimate opponent. They've done some good things this year. They've been underwhelming based on preseason expectation. But to hold Kentucky to 205 yards and Will Levis, who I like to joke about the fact that I think he's incredibly overrated when it comes to his NFL draft stock, I continue to believe that. It's still an accomplishment to hold Will Levis to 98 passing yards and get three interceptions off of him in this game. Hutton, I thought the plan was terrific. It looked like it was going to be another, you know, standard Tennessee shootout when it's seven to six after Kentucky goes down 71 yards on their second drive and scores a touchdown. And then they gave up another long drive on the following possession that ended in the huge hit from Danico Slaughter that was intercepted by Juwan Mitchell in return. 
And from that point on, it was nothing. Tennessee shut the faucet off on Kentucky the remainder of that game. It, it was as impressive a performance as I've seen. Keep in mind, this is a team down three starters in their defensive backfield at different times throughout this season. They're getting some guys back now. They're getting healthier. Uh, but that's that's something that we were not expecting in this game. I expected Tennessee to do better defensively than Kentucky would against Tennessee offensively, but I didn't expect six points on the night and all those turnovers. So that was a truly great performance by this Vols defense. That was for the group. Individually, both sides of the football, who impressed you? So I'm going to highlight two guys here, really defensively is what I want to go with on this one. Dejon Terry from the opening snap was terrific. He was getting penetration from the middle of that Tennessee defensive line. He had his best night as a Vol, I thought. And Danico Slaughter, here's a guy who started his first ever game in college in 2020 at South Carolina in the COVID year for Jeremy Pruitt as a true freshman. He got lit up that night. He was taken out of the game. We really haven't seen much from Danico Slaughter since then. Jalen McCullough has his situation with the arrest. Danico Slaughter has to step in and play safety. He prides himself on being a hard-hitting, in-the-box, safety-type player. He likes to be physical and hit people. So he's been reluctant to play corner. Well, Tennessee, out of necessity, moves him to corner in this game. And he was a star of the game defensively. It was incredible. The, inter- the great uh, acrobatic leaping interception off Will Levis on the shot down the field, down the sideline, the huge hit that jarred the ball loose on the interception. He was targeted three times, gave up no receptions. In this game, I thought Danico Slaughter was great. It's going to be a very different test that we'll get to with Georgia this weekend for him. But what a revelation for that Vols defense that you've got a guy in Danico Slaughter that can move from safety to corner and be that effective in game one. Even if he doesn't like it, Hutton, if he doesn't want to play, if he wants to play safety and hit guys more often, Tennessee needs him at corner right now. And, and he showed up on Saturday night. Chad, I thought the drive of the game was when Tennessee went up 13 to six that 15-play, 75-yard drive where they had 13 runs and two passes. So as we we look at the, the the offense, and the offense is led by the run game, if you really look at the numbers, what do you make of the, the, the two running backs, the two-headed monster, Jalen Wright, who is emerging as a, a talent, but is he as trustworthy as Small has been? Yeah, and, and great point on that drive. You know, that's a really good highlight of – just how this offense can beat you because they're, they're going to stay patient. You know, if you're going to show six guys in the box and they're going to, they're going to motion in the tight end or motion out a player to see what you're doing, then Tennessee's going to run it. And it's the running backs and really just stellar offensive line play. I mean, I, I can't say enough about the offensive line this season. Darnell Wright just won SEC offensive lineman of, a, of the week for the second time. They've been great all year, especially in, in run blocking. Um, but that was a, a classic drive of Tennessee is going to take what the defense is showing. And if you're going to play eight in coverage and you're going to have a light box, they're going to continually run the football. And they did that 13 out of 15 plays for that touchdown. Jabari Small and Jalen Wright, these are two guys that from a talent standpoint, I don't think would even be in the same running back position room at Georgia with their talent at running back. And I say this as a compliment to both these guys. I also say it as a precursor to what Tennessee's offense could be when they start getting a four- or five-star running back in the middle of this offense. Both these guys, to me, have overachieved, especially Jabari Small. Jalen Wright is a track star. He's got the speed. He's got the game-breaking potential. From a talent standpoint, I like him better than Jabari Small. 
But there's still something about the pit fumble that allowed them to get back in the game. He's had the ball security issues that Jabari Small has not. So every time he's in the game, hunt, as I watch this Tennessee team, every snap of this season, he doesn't quite have my trust to the same level of Jabari Small. That's not to say that he can't get there with time and more carries, but in big games, in big moments, I'm looking for number two to be on the field for Tennessee, even though I do think this game was another indication that, that Jalen Wright is going to be the game-breaking back for Tennessee in the late part of this season. I thought he was terrific. He had the great run, uh, his longest run of the night, where he broke multiple tackles and ended up dragging a guy at the end of the run. Uh, so I thought it was a really good night for Jalen Wright. Look, they've got two good options. I don't know that they have a great option at running back, but because of that stellar offensive line play, both of these guys can get the job done. I'm just still feeling a little bit safer with Jabari Small carrying the ball as opposed to Jalen Wright. We'll preview the tight end matchup for Georgia later in the show because that is something to behold. But yes. so is Princeton Fant and, and how the, the, the Vols are using their tight ends right now, Chad. Got a text from a buddy, and Vol fans listening to this probably have multiple text chains like this or the one buddy that will always text you. I've got a buddy who is the most negative Tennessee fan on the planet. He, he was not comfortable up, you know, 34 points in this game. Never felt comfortable. But when Princeton fan got the penalty early on the OPI, that when you look at it, it was really a bad call. And I think Kirk Herbstreit pointed out the ball was behind the line of scrimmage or whoever the officiating expert was on ESPN. Ball's behind the line of scrimmage. Princeton fan is blocking because the ball is supposed to be behind the line of scrimmage. If it's in front of the line of scrimmage, it's OPI because you can't go block your guy. you got to look like you're running a route. So he gets the penalty, and my buddy's just beside himself. You know, Princeton fan, GTFO at that point. <laughs> and then later in the same game, they put Princeton fan at fullback and hand it off to him, and he worked his way into the end zone. And I get another text from him that says, Princeton fan, what a weapon. <laughs> and that's, that's the story of, of this team, right? I mean, Princeton fan is a guy from Laverne High School, just outside of, of Murfreesboro, um, that has not really had a home. In his time in Tennessee, Josh Heupel takes over. He's a tight end. He's become a reliable target at tight end, but their use of him as this Swiss Army knife type player uh, where he's a running back in the I formation, uh, he's a fullback at times. The, the H-back use of, of Princeton Fant has been a revelation for this offense and really given them some multiplicity in what they can do in their heavy sets when they go under center. That was a real challenge for Josh Heupel. He didn't like hearing about people talking about their short yardage last year and some of their woes and the fact they didn't go under center enough. And they worked off season to have an under center package. And that package features Princeton Fant. And it's been a really good development for Tennessee. The Tennessee Volunteers take care of Kentucky. And now it's on to Athens. We will preview Tennessee and Georgia later in the show. And when we come back on the Tennessee Power Hour, we discuss the Tennessee Titans and the King, Derrick Henry. That's coming up on the Tennessee Power Hour. We are served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. From Knoxville to Nashville, Titans news and analysis on the Tennessee Power Hour. Cheers, huh? Cheers, Withrow. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to GreenbrierDistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and Nelson Brothers Bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get, Get you some, some Greenbrier. Greenbrier. 
Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends, because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between, we have you covered. Go to RegalRG.com to get started. And happy football season. Hey, it's Hutton. If you're in need of catering from big events to your weekend family gathering, my friends at Edley's Barbecue have you covered. They've been voted Nashville's best barbecue four years in a row, but I vouch for their Nashville-style barbecue far longer. From corporate meetings to box lunches to weddings, rehearsal dinners, and holiday gatherings, your neighborhood Edley's Barbecue location is where to turn. Edley's is a tribute to all things Southern and authentic to all things Tennessee. Nashville-style barbecue. Edley's Barbecue. Order at edleysbbq.com. From Knoxville to Nashville, Titans news and analysis on the Tennessee Power Hour. We are back. It's the Tennessee Power Hour, and we are powered by Outkick and served up by Nelson's Greenbrier, Tennessee Whiskey, Talking Vols, Talking Titans. we got a couple segments of Titans breakdown and a Titans look ahead to this weekend's big matchup with Kansas City coming up for you. But first, every Titans first segment presented by Two Rivers Ford. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983. They sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and they're always going to give you the best price. I know because my family's been buying from them for years, bought from them recently, in fact. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. That's 800-900-1000. Titans get it done 17-10. to 10, The most lopsided 17-10 to 10 win you'll ever <laughs> see in the history of football. Hutton Titans dominated this game, and Derrick Henry, the king, once again, dominates the Houston Texans. Henry reigns over Texas. Uh, and I mean, fourth straight game of 200 yards or more rushing. Everyone knew the game plan. They were down Ryan Tannehill. Even with Ryan Tannehill, we know the game plan. Week in and week out. The offense goes through 22. And now we're starting to see him stack some performances, not just on the Texans, but week to week. And this past week was very impressive because, Chad, I thought for the first time, we get to sit here doing the show today, and I'm thinking, you know, I don't have to say that Henry's close to breaking one because he he had several big runs. He had uh, 32 carries. I didn't feel like they really had to run him into the ground to get his 200-plus yards. And, you know, Houston does that. He, they allow you. They, they allow running backs to look like Derrick Henry looked. It's just Henry does it in consecutive games for four straight times. He had 12, 12 carries for eight yards or more. 
in this game. He only had 12 in the three previous games combined of runs of eight yards or more. That's how dominant he was against the Texans' defense, or that's how awful the Texans are at, at stopping the run. And he had a, a, a long run of 41 yards. Um, that's the shortest long run of any of the 200-yard games that he's had against the Texans. I, I think you know we're starting to see him really get into form now, and that's, a gr- that's great news for an offense that is desperate for some first downs and just to turn some clock instead of the three and outs we've been seeing in the second half. Incredible performance from Derrick Henry in this game. And, Hun, we know he's a volume guy. It takes him a little while sometimes to get going in games. It takes him a little while to get going in season. He's typically a slow starter. Um, bit of a slow start this year. Do you feel like he's turned the corner now after seeing this performance against the Texans? Yeah, I do. And I think it's, you know, Partly due to this is just what he does. You know, the final two months of a season, if you just look at his dominance uh, and where he gets the bulk of his yards, it's normally after Halloween. It's November and December. And then they get into the postseason, and then it will really start to judge this team, right? But uh, keep in mind, we just surpassed the one-year mark of his injury in Indianapolis. And I think we're now seeing him get into a rhythm and a flow behind the offensive line that did a tremendous job. And We've seen now uh, a handful of games with 100 yards or more rushing. And, uh, you know, we should also say props for him setting the new franchise touchdown record, which, I mean, if you look at who's on that list, I mean, everyone knows it. Eddie Eddie George was number one. Then it's Earl Campbell. And Henry's done it and surpassed both. And he's got a, a long way to go in this season. And we'll see what happens next year with this team as well. Point being, they're really going to lean on him as we go from – fall to winter, and that's typical Derrick Henry. That's a great sign for this team. So defense was the story for the Tennessee Vols and their win over Kentucky. Defense continues to be the story for this Titans team, Hutton. Uh, that was a remarkable performance. Even though the Texans are bad offensively, they suffocated that Texans team. They, they were on pace for one of the worst offensive performances in the history of the NFL in this game. This is a team built on defense, right? It is, and it, I think it's the most impressive aspect of the the tenure of Mike Vrabel and John Robinson and how they've pieced together role players behind and next to their highly paid uh, dominant forces, uh, their linchpins. And they, they allowed 35 first-half yards. That's the fewest allowed in a game this season in a first half. Houston had seven drives, 35 yards. They averaged 1.4 yards per play in the first two quarters of this game. Simmons, an absolute beast. I didn't think he was going to play. He made the trip and shows up on the tarmac and says uh, to the camera, uh, as they're doing Project Runway, that's what we call it, Chad yes. and I do whenever they're showing off their their gear or whatever they're wearing. As they Pro- make the Project Runway NFL Road Trip Edition. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He shows up and looks at the camera and goes, you guys didn't think you were going to see me, did you? And you could just tell he was going to play. Now, I didn't see that until after the game. But he had, playing on a bum ankle, they kept Laurel Murchison up um, from the practice squad in case Simmons couldn't go. And then not only did he go, I mean, he was dominant in this game. He he is a force. And then I thought Christian Fulton, um, you know, we mentioned Henry kind of turning a corner. I think Fulton's doing that as well at the cornerback position. We, we are seeing him right now go from young, promising player to a, a, a corner with some veteran savvy. And in between all of that, they're getting a pass rush. They're stopping the run. They're clicking. They're humming. And this is a defense that can can play with 
just about anybody in the NFL. I'm, I'm curious to see how they match up against Kansas City because typically they match up well with yeah. their game plan. This is going to be fun. Yeah, scoring is going to be a little bit more difficult uh, against Kansas City. We'll talk about that coming up. Malik Willis makes his first start, Hutton. And, and for a guy that I thought improved over the course of the preseason, by the end of it, uh, I thought this was a pretty substantial step back, quite frankly. Um, he's not ready. And that was clear with a game plan for the Titans. And it, it was aided by Derrick Henry having a special day. Um, but what were your overall takeaways of Malik Willis in his first start? I mean, six completions and he won the game. Like yeah. he, he, It will go down as his first career start was a win. And he had a ton of help. And the, the main thing was they were just able to, to to run the football. He attempted one pass in the second half. Like, and, and they, I mean, when they, they started running in the second quarter, I was, I was talking during the game. I'm thinking Todd Downing doesn't need to call another pass right now with Malik Willis because he, you're right. He's, he's not ready. He, he is a project for the future. He is not a, a quarterback for the here and now to step in long-term uh, for, for Ryan Tannehill. They need him. Tannehill keeps you out of a bad play. Tannehill can keep you and, and get you the look you need on uh, a certain down and distance. For instance, knowing to go vertical whenever you're running out of the pocket and keeping your giving your kicker an extra three or four yards on the on the field goal attempt on third and long, like small things like that. Willis just he didn't have the heads up play for in this game, and I think that comes with the territory of a third round quarterback. But at the same time, he took every first team rep this past week and. And we saw that. That's the game plan if they have to go with him. And I, that's not good news uh, on a consecutive weeks as you try to stack wins and put points on the board. Because at some point, the quarterback's going to have to step up and make a play. And that guy's got to be Tannehill. Yeah, no doubt. And I stand by my claim that the Houston Texans should be relegated to the Big Ten West after that <laughs> performance defensively where everyone knew the Titans were going to run at every play. And they were powerless to stop it, which should be impossible for a team in the National Football League. Uh, the Titans are a team in the National Football League. Hutton. They need some offensive guys to step up. Uh, who are some candidates to possibly step up in the second half of the season? Well, we'll find out soon about Traylon Burks because the window for the injured reserve uh, is up in a week. So we have a chance to see him be activated again with turf toe. But again, we haven't, we haven't received an update on him in a while. So he's number one. And – this is the time of year where it, it, the rookies are going to turn a corner one way or the other. They're either going to stay neutral and it's just kind of a, uh, you know, a, a year to not red shirt, but a year where you're not the prominent feature of an offense. And other guys across the league will make some big plays, some big pass plays, not, not quantity of catches, but quality of catches that'll keep a drive alive or just flip field position. They need Burks to do that. Chigakonkwo, I thought was really good in training camp, and he was wide open on a pass from from Willis, which was not his fault that it was incomplete. I think we need to see him as well be more involved with this offense. I mean, Austin Hooper is always allowed to make a play. It's very rare that we see that. But, Chad, I think the, the, the other point to be made here is Robert Woods on punts, kickoffs, whatever he's being used for, whether it's um, – you know, punt return, or he's, if he's got the football in his hands, he, he he's got to hang on to the football. He's got to he's got to be one of the veterans you can rely on. And uh, Woods is good for some some chain moving plays, and he's good to help flip field position on punt return. But 
they have got to make sure that they're not coughing up the football and turning it right back over to the offense this week. Titans get the win in Houston. They're five and two. They're first in the AFC South. Currently second place in the AFC standings. The team that's third place tied record-wise, the Kansas City Chiefs. That's who's up next. And that's what's coming up next on Tennessee Power Hour as we give you a full preview. Titans Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. That's next. This is the Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier, Tennessee with The Tennessee Power Hour. Get Jonathan Hutton's breakdown of this week's Titans matchup next. Cheers, huh? Cheers, Withrow. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to GreenbrierDistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and Nelson Brothers Bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get you some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends, because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between, we have you covered. Go to RegalRG.com to get started. And happy football season. Hey, it's Hutton. Get prepared for your next tailgate with my friends at Edley's Barbecue. You've got options. Wings in 25 or 50 count platters, smoke pulled pork, the best brisket, tender turkey, and scratch-made sides family style. Edley's is perfect on game day or for take-home. Edley's Barbecue smokes all meats low and slow, and all sides are classic family recipes, fresh every day. Edley's is a tribute to all things Southern and authentic to all things Tennessee. Nashville-style barbecue. Edley's Barbecue. Order at edleysbbq.com. This is the Tennessee Power Hour with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. We are back on the Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and powered by Outkick. We're talking Titans. We're going to preview Titans Chiefs Sunday night football. I had a little bit of Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey over this past weekend, over the Halloween weekend. And Hutton, as I sip that Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, it brings me feelings of the state of Tennessee and other classics of the state of Tennessee. Like, I don't know, maybe some classic Tennessee barbecue. You're talking about Edley's, Edley's barbecue and, and let them take care of your next tailgate, whether that's as we could get into the playoffs for high school football. If you're looking to tailgate in Athens this weekend or back in Knoxville in a couple of weeks, Make sure you're taking Edley's Barbecue along for the ride. Wings in 25 or 50 count platters, smoke pulled pork, the best brisket, tender turkey, scratch made sides, family style. Edley's is perfect for game day 
Saturdays, Sundays, or for take-home during the week. Edley's Barbecue, they smoke all their meats low and slow. All sides are classic family recipes and make fresh every day. They strive to serve the best food, and they prove that one plate at a time. Edley's, neighborhood feel, a tribute to all things Southern, authentic to all things Tennessee. Nashville-style barbecue is Edley's Barbecue, and you can check everything out from catering to tailgating to dine-in or dine-out, edleysbbq.com. And you've made me hungry. Uh, Kansas City, also a place known for barbecue, and that's where the Titans are headed this Sunday night. Looking at the matchup, you mentioned it earlier, but the Titans have matched up well with this Kansas City offense uh, in the past. Does that remain true in this game when you look at the Titans' defense versus the KC offense? So at this time last year, Chad, um, as you all know and our listeners do as well, Kansas City was struggling, right? They, they were overall three and four. On the, on the season whenever the Titans beat them 27 to three a year ago. it's hard it's hard to look at that score and be like, wow, it was 27 to three because the team you see right now with Mahomes and how they're dealing it, it, it it's a vastly different offense and how it looks right now compared to when we saw them in the regular season. They've scored 40 or more points three times already this year. Three times Patrick Mahomes has passed for at least 300 yards or more. And uh, that also includes 423 passing yards against San Francisco. They have had two receivers each produce 100 or more yards in catches. And a year ago, they had 188 points at this time when they were three and four. Right now, at the same exact point of the season, they're five and two, and they have 223 points. So they have scored 40 more, and they have a vastly different record. And also keep this in mind about Kansas City. Since they lost 27 to three and they're three and four, the Chiefs have had a fourth quarter lead or a tie in 20 straight games wow. since we saw them in Nashville. They went on a tear. They turned things around. They trade Tyreek Hill and they're still offensive. Uh, their, their efficiency offensively, Chad, is through the roof. Mahomes is back to that MVP style level. And we're, we're seeing his rapport with Travis Kelsey. It's never been better, but they're also implementing other weapons and they're running the football a bit more too, or at least trying to. And there are elements of their pass game that are extensions of their run game. Um, so as far as the matchup goes, I'm intrigued. I don't count Vrabel and Bowen out in this though, because they have done this time and time again in regular seasons where you feel like the quarterbacks that are coming through Nashville or the quarterback Matthew Stafford last year on the road in L.A., you're thinking that ah, the Titans don't have a chance here. And they went out there and had a great defensive game plan and performance and shut them down. I, I'm, I'm eager to watch Enemy and Matt Nagy go against Vrabel and Bowen because I'm going to be fascinated to see what, what the Titans dial up here. They, they may not win this battle. I'm not saying that. I'm not picking them here. Don't worry. But I, I'm, I am saying I do think the Titans are going to keep this a lot closer than what many people would predict on Sunday night. It's crazy the level of the Titans with that beatdown of them last year woke them up and the different team they've been since that point. For the Titans to have any chance in this game, Ryan Tannehill has to play. That's evident yes. after watching Malik Willis play against the Texans. That's no big mystery to anyone. Hutton, what is the status of Ryan Tannehill and, and how closely should Titans fans be monitoring this throughout the week? So, uh, you know, I, he was going to be inactive this past week. He would have been on the trip, but he was sick, so they didn't put him on the flight last Saturday to go to Houston. Um, I expect him to make the trip, 
and we will see what happens here. I, I think they'll be very coy with his practice time. You know, he was walking around the facility last week without the boot. Uh, he was in cleats, so that tells me he's doing something. But there, I don't, I don't expect to know anything until the weekend when they board the flight. And there's there's a sense of oh, Tannehill looks like he's playing, kind of like Simmons did when he arrived on the tarmac last week. That they they need that boost of energy though. You're exactly right because again, it comes back to the hidden yardage. But Malik Willis running horizontally on a third and long when just just get two or three extra yards for Randy Bullock to attempt a field goal, make it a little bit easier here. Um, those are the things that Tannehill's willing to do, or just throw it away and try to instead of forcing a pass, albeit only ten attempts. But of those, um, Willis only completed six, and it was an ugly performance, top to bottom. And threw an they interception just, in those as well. Yes, yes, they they trust Tannehill. There's no way they trust Willis to do the exact same thing, and that's why they need Ryan Tannehill, the veteran, the thirty million dollar quarterback playing in this game, protect him. At all costs. I think this is a, a great example of why they need, you know, to to get some hits on the offensive line in the draft and free agency because they need their veteran presence behind center. Even if he's a mobile, they need to make sure that he's able to get them in the right play or keep them out of the wrong one. And it feels like it's a very specific path to victory for the Titans against the Chiefs if they're able to pull this off, which it certainly is a long shot, but we've seen a lot of crazy things in the NFL this season. What is that specific game plan for this Titans team? So they need to force some turnovers. The variable is going to talk about this a lot this week. Look at what the Colts did against Kansas City. Now, that was in Indy, and that was a hiccup on their on their overall record where they've lost to the Bills and the Colts. But in that game, they had the Chiefs were atrocious on special teams. They need they need a short field in this game. They also need to eat clock and run run the football. They need the Second possession that we saw from the Tennessee Vols against Kentucky, the 15-play drive where their offensive efficiency in the red zone is through the roof. They've got to get seven instead of three. And defensively, they just have to play sound. They 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 can't make the stupid mistake, the the jumping off sides, giving five you know extra yards or uh, hand of the face mask, 15 and a personal foul. The, the officials are going to protect their stars. Mahomes is one of them. So no freebies. And and when when you have an opportunity, Randy Bullock, make the kick. Because every every point is going to count in this. Because there's the Titans aren't going to Kansas City and blowing them out. This is a tight window game. And the Titans have a very specific way of winning every single week. It's no different as they take on the Chiefs. Oh, the level of frustration when Randy Bullock missed right Yes. And then move five yards closer and miss the exact same way once yes. again. You, you don't like the two misses either way, but at least if it's an overcorrection, you know what he's trying to do. If he goes left on the next one, that was brutal to watch. And you're right. He's going to have to hit his kicks in this game. Hun, we're all going to be watching Derrick Henry in this one. That's a no-brainer. But what are some other areas to watch? Maybe some matchups to watch in this game, Titans-Chiefs. Well, let, let's take a look at the, the role players here. Um, Christian Fulton, I think he's turning into more of one, more more than just a role player. But can he get another takeaway on, on a savvy play? David Long Jr. Uh, is one of the stars of the defense, already two takeaways in big moments this season. Can he jump a route? Can he trap Mahomes into making a pass over the middle that uh, was clearly game-planned and expected and executed the same way we saw in Washington? Um, th- th- those are some specific examples on defense, but more than anything, 
they've been very good in these matchups, Chad, of cage rushing Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Now, not great against Buffalo earlier this year, don't get me wrong, but in past matchups against those style of offenses and the big throwers who are also very mobile, do they have to do everything they can to keep those guys confined within a bubble inside the pocket and not allow you know left to right mobility because these guys are absolute killers on the run and with Mahomes you can't blitz him and I don't expect the Titans to do that they need to cage rush well with four and so far so good with their pass rush I'm I've been very pleased with what we've seen with that they need an outstanding performance and their their top dogs have to be the the, the go to guys Bayard Simmons and uh, Autry up front uh, Weaver Maybe he can get back in. And Dupree, I think, is very consistent as of late. Those top money players have to be their their money guys on Sunday night. Alpha's got an alpha in this game for the Titans. No doubt about that. Prediction time, Hutton, I'll start. I think it's very similar to this past Sunday night football game between the Packers and the Bills. I think the Chiefs take care of business. I'm going to go 27-13 Chiefs in this game. Yeah, I'm I'm on the 27 number as well. I do think the, the Chiefs win this game. I think it's a bit closer, though. And uh, maybe it's because of a late score by the Titans, but I'm taking it 27-22. I think the Titans have a game plan for Kansas City that should not be overlooked here. I am taking the Chiefs to win this, though, because of the uncertainty at quarterback for Tennessee. Will it be close in Athens? We'll preview Vols, Bulldogs next. Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier, Tennessee Whiskey. The Tennessee Power Hour. Get Chad Withrow's breakdown of this week's big orange matchup next. Cheers, Hutt. Cheers, Withrow. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to GreenbrierDistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and Nelson Brothers Bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get you some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hey, it's Hutton. Get prepared for your next tailgate with my friends at Edley's Barbecue. You've got options, wings in 25 or 50 count platters, smoked pulled pork, the best brisket, tender turkey, and scratch-made sides family style. Edley's is perfect on game day or for take-home. Edley's Barbecue smokes all meats low and slow, and all sides are classic family recipes, fresh every day. Edley's is a tribute to all things Southern and authentic to all things Tennessee. Nashville-style barbecue, Edley's Barbecue. Order at edleysbbq.com. Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends, because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between, we have you covered. Go to RegalRG.com to get started. And happy football season. This 
is the Tennessee Power Hour with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. It is the game of the century, and I feel like I'm underselling this matchup. Tennessee and Georgia, number one versus number two. Welcome back to the Tennessee Power Hour, powered by Outkick and served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Chad, get you some Greenbrier. Cheers, man. What a season for the Vols, and what a matchup for college football in Athens between the hedges. And, you know, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is perfect for game day. Absolutely, and we we couldn't do this show without our friends Andy and Charlie Nelson over at Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey. So shout out to them. We appreciate all the help they've they've had with us over the years. Um, They've got a lot of cool things going on we'll be talking about as well with some different charity things they're doing. They're actually helping me out with a charity coming up on November 28th for American Cancer Society. I was an ambassador for the Real Men Wear Pink campaign to raise money for a cure for breast cancer. And we're going to have a VIP bourbon experience at Nelson's Greenbrier uh, Distillery in Nashville on Monday, November 28th. We're going to watch Steelers Colts on Monday Night Football. And we're going to sip bourbon. Charlie Nelson's going to walk us through the history of the distillery. We're going to taste some different brands. There's going to be food provided by the Paper Mill Restaurant in Mount Juliet. It's going to be a fun night. $100. That's all it is. All goes to charity. I'll send out a link where you can donate and you're in. And it's going to be a a max of 50 people. So it's going to be an intimate occasion. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I couldn't do it without the help of of Charlie and Andy offering up their great uh, establishment and venue for us to host this event. So special thanks to them for helping raise money for breast cancer research with the American Cancer Society. And again, just thanks for the partnership over the years and being a part of Tennessee Power Hour. And uh, look, we Hutton, we we sample the products here on this on this fine program. You know, we, we, we eat Edley's barbecue. Uh, we drive Two Rivers Fords. We do our real estate transactions with Regal Realty. And I uh, maybe you know after this recording of the show, maybe I will imbibe with some Tennessee whiskey, courtesy of Nelson's Greenbrier. Great charity efforts, and uh, for more information, you can follow Chad on social media at the Chad Withrow at Hutton Outkick, and you can find the link there to sign up and be a part of what's going to be a great night later this month. What a what a game we have coming up, Chad! Tennessee and Georgia, the Bulldogs, I believe, match up better than Alabama did against Tennessee, and we know how that game turned out. It was a shootout. It was a classic. I think we're in store for another one here, and what a great day for college football. And some great players are on full display. We'll we'll get to Tennessee in a moment, but we mentioned earlier in the show the tight end play for Georgia, Bowers, Washington. Can Tennessee defend them? The ultimate X factor, right, for for Georgia. I mean, they've got great running backs. They've got a lot of talent across the board. Their receiver core is not terrific, uh, but can still beat you. Uh, We're going to talk about Stetson Bennett. I think he's a player that, while elusive and can have a great performance, it's put up good numbers this year. He's a quarterback that you can get to. He, he can be had in this game. I don't think Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington can be had for this Georgia offense. So how does Tennessee go about matching up with them? Is it safety help? Is it linebacker? I really think Jeremy Banks and Jawan Mitchell are going to get the first crack at covering these guys. And that's just not a, a, a winning matchup for Tennessee. But again, look around college football. There's not many winning matchups that a defense in college football can line up against Brock Bowers. He is a special talent. Uh, he's an All-American for a reason. I really like the way Georgia utilizes him within their offense. He is the first option for Stetson Bennett. So that's going to be a tough matchup for Tennessee. One key in this game with those guys, you got to hit them at the line of scrimmage. 
I believe that Tennessee is not going to Athens to lay up, to quote 10 cup. They're going down there to, to play their you-know-what's off and to win the game. And they're going to go after Stetson Bennett. They're going to be physical. They're going to need to make contact at the line of scrimmage with Bowers and Washington to have any chance to slow them down. Uh, this, is a, this isn't something where I'm looking at thinking you're going to stop these guys. But can you contain them and make a couple plays against them that gives your offense a chance to keep scoring and keep pacing this game? That's the key against those two great tight ends, to me, for, for Tennessee in this game. And the, the pass rush for Tennessee has vastly improved. How, how do they put some pressure on Stetson Bennett, and what areas do you think they can take advantage of? they got to heat him up, and they've got to hope that he doesn't have a Bryce Young-like performance where you just can't get him to the ground. He really hurt Tennessee a year ago with his legs, and he, he can do that. He can get away from pressure. He can take off and run and get nice gains on third down. He did that last year. He had a touchdown rushing against Tennessee in, in this game. So that, that's an area to watch for Tennessee. That's not going to prevent them from trying to get to him, right? They're not going to sit back in coverage just because he's tough to get to the ground. They're still going to bring it against him. Tennessee also is third in the, in the conference in rushing defense. They give up around 104 yards per game. That's right behind Alabama and Georgia. So for all the talk about Tennessee's high-flying offense and how they're a team built on offense, and they are, that's what SEC teams and great SEC teams do. They stop the run. And look who is one, two, three in the conference. Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee. So this is number two versus number or number one versus number three in the conference against the run. Tennessee's defensive mindset has to be what it was against Bama. And they did a pretty good job of it. Contain the run and these great Georgia running backs and then put the game on the quarterback's shoulders. I like that method a lot better against Stetson Bennett as opposed to Bryce Young for what Tennessee can do defensively. But that's got to be the mindset for the Vols. Last year's Georgia defense was otherworldly. Um, this year's is not meeting that bar, but it's tough to meet that bar. Point being, Tennessee is meeting those expectations offensively, and unlike last year, they need to finish in the red zone in this matchup. Five trips to the red zone a year ago, very little to show for it in scoring 17 points. And at the time, that was the most yards Georgia had given up before they played Bama in the SEC championship the most points they had given up. That was a historically great defense for Georgia. This is a very, very good defense for Georgia. Yes. It is not historically great. It's a very young secondary. Um, they're going to be without their best linebacker in Nolan Smith in this game. He's going to be out for the season. Tennessee should move the ball. They moved it a year ago, and the offense wasn't nearly as good as it is this year, and the defense was much better. So I expect yards to be had by Tennessee. The key is, and I think this is where an improved run game really helps the Vols, they got to punch it in. I mean, this has got to be almost a tennis-like mentality where you got to match serve. You want to break the other team's serve by getting a stop, but you got to score when you get the ball. That's what Tennessee was able to do to keep pace with Alabama. It took them running out to a 28-10 to lead and then having to come back at different times in the second half, but you got to keep scoring if you're the Vols' offense. They need to do that against Georgia. This defense still very good, but with some of the injuries, Jalen Carter's a guy they got to contain also on the defensive interior, who's a great player for Georgia. Uh, Keely Ringo, who was the, the star of the national championship game, is a player you might want to avoid on the outside. But outside of that, I mean, Tennessee's going to have a good opportunity to score a lot of points in this game. They're not going into any matchup afraid of the opposing defense. The closest thing to fear you would have was last year's Georgia defense. Tennessee's not scared. Uh, of anyone, especially Georgia, in this game, even though I do think this is the best defense 
they will have faced this year. Chad, is this a game where Cedric Tillman announces his return, announces to the college football world, I'm back? 48 snaps uh, this past week, all in the first half, uh, had four catches on the day, and they really got it to him early to get his feet underneath him, I thought. And that wasn't – the plan wasn't, we're going to get you going big in this game. It's, let's get comfortable coming back from the injury. They did that on the first drive with a pair of catches for Cedric Tillman against Kentucky. This is the game they really wanted Cedric Tillman to be at 100% for. Um, He's going to have a big play in this game. I'm going to go ahead and make that prediction. Could be a 60-yard touchdown. Could be something. They're going to go to him because here's what's not going to happen against Georgia. At least I don't believe it will. Bus defensively. You're going to have to win a one-on-one matchup. Who's the best one-on-one, go up and get it, muscle it away from the defender guy on Tennessee's roster? It's Cedric Tillman. And I think the trust level – with Hendon Hooker is there with Tillman, they're going to throw it up for grabs and let him go try to get it against this Georgia defense. He's going to need to be big. I think he will be a much bigger factor in this game as opposed to what we saw in his return against Kentucky. Chad, prediction time. I, I think this is another classic, just like Alabama. I'm taking Georgia by a field goal, um, a game-winning field goal at the end. Keep this in mind. Tennessee's run the ball 61 more times than Georgia this season. And they have thrown for more yards on fewer attempts. I think Tennessee shows up. I think Georgia does too, and I'm taking the Bulldogs by three. It's amazing because the season goes on. I keep mentally thinking, when is Tennessee going to get humbled? When is someone going to show something of how to stop Tennessee's offense? When are they just going to have a bad game where they turn it over a few times against a good team? And every time I keep thinking that's going to happen, it doesn't. thought it might happen against Kentucky. They go out and win 44-6 to in that game. They didn't double the spread. They tripled the spread against the Wildcats. I don't think it's going to happen in this game either. I'm going to go with my eyes and my brain have told me about this Tennessee team. They're not letting down. They're going to show up in Athens. They're going to play hard. They're going to play well. They're going to give Georgia a great game. I'm right there with you, though, Hutton. I think this is a 38-34 Georgia win. I think holding Tennessee in the 30s is good defense against this Tennessee offense. I think Georgia will be able to do that, but I think it's going to be a close back-and-forth affair. But give me the Bulldogs winning a close one, 38-34. Can't wait to recap this and take it all in. Enjoy it, Tennessee. Enjoy it. Tennessee and Georgia on Saturday. Chad Withrow, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for joining us for the Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey.